0: Welcome to The Lotus Flower Podcast. This evening, we are in season number two, episode number 11. And we want you to know that here at The Lotus Flower Podcast, our aim is to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant, spiritually uplifting educational topics. Our diverse audience consists of millennials, and also it consists of people that are working class people. It consists of people that are middle class people. It consists of people that are disenfranchised, single moms, dads, and just a variety of people. We are, once again, very fortunate to be able to present the lotus flower to you which is being sponsored by mr tai o agenda j of Herang's magazine cali's beauty supply in kalamazoo michigan rock dimensional llc and jasmine's fun fashions we are grateful for our sponsors we want you to know that the Lotus Flower podcast, our aim, comes right out of the lotus flower. The lotus flower is that delicate flower that blooms in adversity. You know, it's a seed that goes under the ground and it's down under the mud and muddy water. Dirt, grime, and even manure covers this little seed. And you would think, How in the world would that seed be able to blossom from all of that chaotic environment that it's surrounded by? But that lotus flower, it actually blooms and pushes up from the muck and mire to bloom out into this beautiful pink and white flower that you would never know that was underneath the mud. Why? Because it's resilient just like many of our podcast guests that come on our on this podcast their lives didn't start out so wonderfully either they have been against the wall back 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 up against it and down and out maybe some even counted for dead but because they were planted in the holy spirit they were able to bloom and blossom outside of those adverse situations and when they bloomed and blossomed they let off a fragrance a fragrance that actually went and was able to touch and make a difference in the lives of all that came in contact with them that is what this lotus flower podcast is all about We're here to make a difference in the lives of our listening audience. We want you to know that you might be down now, but you're not out. Because with God, all things are possible. So be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on the Lotus Flower Podcast. We're airing 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube on the emerging hope youtube channel and we are also airing on several audio platforms which are spotify google amazon.com wix.com and reason.com so be sure to tune in to the lotus flower podcast you won't be disappointed Tonight, we have a very special guest with us, and I am honored to be able to welcome to this platform a very good friend of mine and also a colleague and a sister in the Lord. Her name, I got to get my glasses. (laughs) Her name is Apostle Dr. Bertha M. Jones. For more than 25 years, Apostle Jones has been teaching and preaching the Word of God. She was ordained as an elder in 1995 and consecrated and affirmed to the Office of Apostle in 2002. She is the founder of Zion Temple of the Apostolic Faith Church Worldwide, Kalamazoo, Michigan. She is the senior pastor of Mount Carmel, Miracle Temple in Baltimore, Maryland. Most recently, she has launched the Universal Church Without Walls Global Fellowship of Churches whose mission is teaching, preaching and reaching to spread the gospel throughout the world and to develop teams of local evangelists and cross-cultural missionaries committed to evangelize in third world countries. She is the chief apostle over churches in Baltimore, Maryland, Liberia, Kenya, and Uganda. She has planted four churches in the United States. She is a sought after conference speaker and evangelist. She is the president and founder of the Zion Temple Bible College and Theological Seminary. She has been called to the nation and has led crusades in Transylvania, Africa, ministering to five nations, South Africa, Uganda, Congo, and Kenya. She has also led crusades in Kenya and Liberia, Liberia. Public sector experience has consisted of being a employee, in the federal government in which she served for 36 years and retired in 2004. Over the years, she also worked for the U.S. Treasury and the U.S. Post Office. She is called to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. She served in many capacities with the community organizations and is a member of the Pastors United in Battle and has served on the executive board of the Northside Ministerial Alliance here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. She is a former executive board member of the Northside Ministerial Alliance in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the New Destiny Fellowship of Apostles and Prophets in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. She is a current member of the Pastors United in Baltimore and in Virginia. Her contact information will be listed in the description of the podcast episode where you can find on YouTube, you can also find that information streaming on our audio platforms i would encourage you to reach out to dr apostle jones she has a ministry that airs online on friday evenings she also has a prayer ministry that airs online as well and i'm sure that she will tell us more about her ministries and especially the social ministry, those platforms that are airing online so that you all can reach out and take part and be blessed by them. We welcome Apostle Dr. Bertha Jones to the Lotus Flower Podcast this evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Why don't you greet our guest at this time?
1: good evening good evening and thank you so much uh, dr robinson for this um, invitation to come and to tell my story i thank the lord for the lotus flower podcast and this is my first time doing a podcast but i thank god for this platform that i can tell my story with the with the uh, intent of helping someone in their journey or the same type of journey that i have traveled uh, for many years. And I thank God for his healing virtue, uh, that has is flowing through me now. And I feel healed and whole. And I I just thank God for you, Dr. Uh, Robinson, for your testimony and how God is using you to be a blessing to so many people. And that is my desire to be a blessing to the people of God and to do this kingdom work, because when you've been called to do kingdom work, your life, it becomes a testimony and the transparency that you're able to uh, 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 release will hopefully and prayerfully help somebody else. And so tonight I will be telling you my story on my journey with the spirit of rejection and low self-esteem. And many people may not have realized that I suffered for the, with that for many years. And it has not been a lot that I have been delivered from, but I thank God that I can, I can testify tonight that I am delivered from those two spirits. And I, my, my journey is a story. And one of these days I will write it in a book, but my story is still unfolding. And that's why I have not written it down yet but i want to start with my journey with low self-esteem because it is and let me just say this lord let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you oh lord my strength and my redeemer and as i go forth god use me to speak a word to help somebody that needs healing right now in jesus name amen as i looked at my uh my my story and I looked at the manifestation of the low self-esteem. And and, and I, I looked at how that spirit operated in me for so many years. And many people will say, well, where did it come from? And I'm not sure where that one came from, but I know where the uh, spirit of rejection came from. But I'm going to start with the low self-esteem because it was something that really caused me to go through a lot of anxiety in my life and um and 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 i was at a place in my life that i didn't really feel worthy i didn't feel that i was um accepted by people i didn't feel and one of the things that i realized that this low self-esteem worked hand in hand with the spirit of rejection and even though there are different manifestations of each one, the low self-esteem caused me to not not feel that I was even uh, uh, equal to other people. I felt that in, in, in my um uh, uh, in my quest or, or this um area that I felt less than other people, and we want to call it negative social comparison. Um my self-worth, I didn't have. A self worth, and some people call it low self esteem. I like to say in my story, no self esteem, because I felt like I didn't have any self esteem, much less low self, and so it was at zero. And, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I found myself constantly comparing myself with other people that I thought were better than I am, that had more knowledge that uh, than I did, that th- those that there had a better a higher social standing than i had and they had a better appearance than i had and 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 i had a problem asking for what i need when i struggled through things i felt like i wasn't worthy to ask other people to assist me and and i i wasn't able to pro- prioritize my needs in life because i felt that low on the totem pole and And I had trouble accepting positive feedback. If somebody told me that I had on a nice dress, a nice outfit, then I was oh, this is just some old dress I had, or or you know, I haven't been shopping in such a long time, and you think this is a nice dress? I had problems accepting uh, 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 anything. I had trouble accepting any kind of feedback or any kind of positive anything. And my complaint was always, oh, it's just an old dress. Uh Oh, well, uh, thank you, but I don't feel that way. Uh And I I found myself constantly with negative self-talk of focusing on my failures instead of celebrating the things that God was doing in my life. And my my self-value was um, as if I had died, would no one even miss me? And that was one of the most painful things that I had experienced. If I died, nobody would even miss me. Nobody would even care if I died or lived. And when I was in my darkest time, I was feeling that way that I could just die tomorrow. It, It would probably be better for me to go on and be with the Lord than to live through all of this pain. So my sense of identity or feeling of belonging i didn't like myself i didn't feel like i was equal to other people i hated the way i looked i hated my size i hated almost everything about myself because the devil was 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 telling me all of these lies and it had become a stronghold in my life and i was believing those lies that the devil was telling me
0: and uh apostle apostle when when did when did that start when did the neg the low the no self-esteem start in your life
1: it started I think when I was in school it started when I was a child um mm-hmm. I was in maybe the fifth or sixth grade and I had uh a, 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 actually between the fourth and fifth grade I had a teacher that was at my elementary school that also attended my my church mm-hmm. and she and this other teacher she not this teacher that did this to me it was two teachers Mm
2: -hmm. one
1: was a fifth grade teacher and the other one was a sixth grade teacher Mm -hmm. and my mother we i came from the south and my 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 mother didn't work my father worked but my mother didn't work and my father had relatives that would send us boxes and boxes of clothes and they and, and 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 that that my father's cousin her kids were petite and 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 i was i was not stocky but i was able to wear teenage clothes because that's the way that my body was and so i had nice little ple- uh, pleated skirts and straight skirts with splits in the back and nice little cardigan sweaters and i would dress like that and when i go to school because that's what my mother gave provided for me to wear and so this fifth grade teacher would go back and report to the sixth grade teacher what I wore the church. My oldest sister pierced my ears when I was uh, uh, three years old. I had earrings and and she was so much, she was 12 years older than me. So she would send nice earrings from, she was living in Connecticut at that time. I was living in Virginia in the South. So I had earrings. I always had long hair, had these nice little clothes on. And the teachers, believe it or not, pitted the children against me. And the the sixth grade teacher would tell the children, don't play with me because she's grown. Look at her, look at what she's wearing. and, and I came home crying many a day and I told my mother that how I didn't want to wear those clothes and she said, you're going to wear these clothes because this is what I provided for you and those teachers don't have anything to do with what you're wearing and if they have a problem, tell them come see me. Well, I'm here I am in the fourth grade I couldn't tell them that kind right. of thing. so the children wouldn't play with me. I would stand off by myself on the playground and started feeling bad about myself and, 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 and it's I, from what I can recall it started then the low self-esteem started then mm-hmm. and so I started not liking anything about myself because I was made to feel that something was wrong with me and, and this happened
0: from teachers this, this happens teaching. from teachers people that you should have been able to trust
1: yes this happened from teachers in elementary school and, and so I you told t- your
0: mom you told your mother and she be, she did believe you but she said you still have to wear these clothes
1: yes and they were and does beautiful she ever clothes. try to
0: talk to the did she ever try to go up there and talk to the teachers or call them or
1: as anything? far as i can remember she didn't and, okay. and 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 see one of the things that because i had long hair it wasn't mm-hmm. real long but i didn't wear a lot of braids a lot of kids my age they wore a lot of braids i always That's had a bad. ponytail and right. so, and by me wearing gold earrings and a ponytail and these clothes, they just, they just tried to single me out and make me feel like something was wrong with me. Oh, and I nice. can start feeling that something was wrong with me because I didn't see the other kids, you know, how children have peer pressure. I didn't see the other kids wearing, uh, um, earrings because back there years ago they didn't have pierced ears And, and 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 furthermore they wore what their parents provided for them just like i did their parents provided little cotton dresses and that's what they wore i had on nice skirts and sweaters and stuff because the clothes that i was wearing were the clothes that teenagers wore uh but they were small so i by me being in elementary school i could fit those clothes and so that's why they were sent to my mother um yes. from New York and different places and evidently I must have looked pretty good but they made me feel like I look like nothing
0: and oh, this my. is when
1: I believe the low self-esteem started when I look back on it this mm-hmm. is when I started feeling less than other people I and see. it carried over into adulthood mm-hmm. and, and it didn't get any better when I uh, I got older because that's when this uh spirit of rejection uh, uh joined in with the low self-esteem and I just I, I was a mess I was really yes. a mess. I felt you like me, I didn't want to live that's how when you say you were me a mess when you me. were a
0: mess then what were some things when you t- tell me what that means when you say you were a mess what was happening to make it look like it was a mess
1: depression anxiety not feeling like I wanted to live through all of that and then to add to the upset my mother was very strict on me and and I wasn't allowed to participate in school activities if they were at night and it was just a mess I mean when I came out of high school I was in such a mess I was taking Valium I was taking nerve medicine to keep myself together oh my because I was just that stressed and depressed and going Mm -hmm. through anxiety with all of this stuff going on with me and to add insult to injury then uh, my first marriage i was 20 years old and i left my parents house and it was a violent brutal marriage i was an abused wife i see and that 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 just took away the the rest of my self-esteem and Mm -hmm. that's when i think the spirit of rejection really really took root it was there but it just Mm -hmm. became worse Mm -hmm. and that marriage ended in um Uh, i almost lost my life in that marriage and that ended by the time i was 27 and when i was married again at 30 that was another abusive marriage Mm -hmm. this time it was mental abuse the first Mm -hmm. time it was physical abuse Mm -hmm. and so i tried to stay in and i did stay in that abusive mental marriage for 28 years
0: my lord
1: and i prayed and i asked god to Work it out for me to change things and he did not the lord delivered me from that marriage at first Mm -hmm. i was traumatized so bad i didn't think that i was i I really didn't want to live then because i felt like my life was just so painful i did not want to live any longer that's that's the trauma that i had gone through and Mm -hmm. so with the help of the lord a grace of god that was poured out on me i continued to minister to other people in my pain in oh, my. my grief in my mm-hmm. bleeding i continued on i was a pastor when that after 28 years that husband left me
0: oh, my. because
1: he did not believe in female preachers i see uh-huh. and he had abused me uh mentally for 28 years my and Lord. so at what happened what brought it to a head i was i was at our 25th wedding anniversary i didn't have a 25th wedding anniversary celebration but i was praying i said god i've been in this marriage all these years and it's not getting any better and i said god save this man or send him on his way Mm -hmm. and when he uh when the lord moved he sent this man out of my life he delivered me from praise God.
0: Praise and, God. And,
1: and, 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 and before he delivered me, I heard in the spirit one morning, the Lord said, there's been a separation in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what the Lord was speaking to me. I pondered mm-hmm. over and pondered over, but what, what I realized was that the Lord was separating. He was severing mm-hmm. the marriage spiritually, because yeah. when you marry, you have a spiritual bond that's right i didn't realize that that's what that meant i thought it meant that but i wasn't sure and Mm -hmm. sure enough he left me he packed his stuff and left me we had a million dollar home
0: my my my
1: he walked away from the home he Mm. left me i was so traumatized it was a seven thousand one hundred and one hundred square foot house i had Mm -hmm. um five bedrooms and about six bathrooms and a couple of offices and oh, i mean my. it was just, it was a beautiful place mm-hmm. and i had decorated the place i had 13 dollars worth of draperies oh, in my. just my living room and dining room and sunroom and he walked away from all of that and it was so trauma i was so traumatized i couldn't pack a thing we wound up selling the house I had to call people in to pack the house up because oh, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to move anything oh, my. and I, I and it took me after I moved away from the home I moved out of a 7,100 square foot house to a one-bedroom condo
0: oh my Jeez.
1: and it was so so traumatic I at least six months went by I couldn't even cook a meal in that condo I stopped cooking because I was so traumatized mentally. I wasn't able to cook. I just, I was existing, but Mm I kept on because I was in, I was a pastor of a church. So I kept on serving the people, ministering to the people. And part Mm -hmm. of the time, I didn't even think I would be able to make it mentally, but the, but the grace of God was poured out on me. Mm-hmm. And and I was able to overcome all of that. Man, and when mom. I found out that the the second husband died of Alzheimer's,
0: oh my!
1: He died of Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh my! He, he left. He left if mm. we were we were separated. For um, we were married a total of of thirty four years. But from mm. twenty eight years to thirty four years, that's six years. He was living he moved out of the state and moved down to georgia and whatever i didn't hear from him Mm
2: -hmm. and so
1: after that i was healing but it wasn't an instant healing it was a it was a time when the lord allowed me as an apostle to walk alone
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. he also allowed me to go through that trauma I later realized so that i could relate to other people other women that were hurting other women that were going through the same type of thing and also i the lord gave me strength to be able to bear it because not only did that happen but my sisters my father died and my sisters and brothers came against me oh my my sisters and brothers took me to court filed lawsuits against me because my father had left me as his beneficiary so I had to endure all types of trauma during that time the husband Mm. leaving the home had to sell the home my father died my sisters and brothers rose against me and I Mm. this this was one of the reasons why I came to the conclusion that the Lord allowed that suffering that I was going through to build strength and Mm -hmm. endurance in me Yes. And a lot of people do not understand. When you see you, we hear people say, You see my glory, but you don't know my story. Right. They right, don't right. understand your story because it's a it's a story like mine that if God don't take you through it, you won't make it.
0: Exactly. If the Lord
1: don't take you through it and pour his grace out on you, you will lose your mind or hurt somebody. Because That's right that's the that's the place i had gotten where i really wanted to harm do bodily harm to my ex-husband
2: oh before my. he
1: left but the my. lord kept my mind yes yes and and, and it was so tra- so traumatic in that the last months of that marriage i slept with my door locked at night
2: oh my. i moved
1: to another bedroom and i was afraid to be in the house with this man because oh. what happened was by the Lord using me in deliverance. And mm-hmm. at that time, that was the way that I was ministering to people and there were a lot of demonic forces that were were, were, were being released in the, uh, in the atmosphere where he and I was at church. And mm-hmm. instead of him praying and, and asking God to cover him, he was angry. It would make him angry. He would rise up against me in the church. And I felt that a lot of mm-hmm. those demonic forces that came off of those people went in him. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm almost yes. certain because he, <laughs> after that, he started having a, a look in his eyes that when he would look at me, it was like, it was like, a like maybe a, a, a dog, a dog. A, 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 um, what do you call those dogs that if they're being like, like they want they like wanna, a pit
0: like a pit bull
1: like a pit bull right. or a, a, right. a tiger or something he would look or at a rock me wilder like that. or something a rock wilder and that's why i right. slept with my door closed locked because i didn't know what he would do because all of those demons that i felt went came out of those people went in him because right. he would be sitting there complaining and murmuring and all kinds of stuff going on because of the fact that he hated and hated me and hated mm-hmm. the fact that I was a woman of God. Those right. demonic forces in him could those spirits could not bear witness with my spirit and so right. after a while he was scared you could see the demons in his eyes and Mm -hmm. so when i started praying god delivered him save him or send him that was desperation god i can't Mm -hmm. live like this i cannot live it was it would be times where i would stay at the church till 10 11 o'clock at night and then i had to go home hated to go home didn't want to go home sat outside in the car didn't want to go in the house afraid my, my, my. to sleep in the house, afraid to eat any food in out of the refrigerator, didn't know my. whether this man was going to poison me or what.
2: My,
0: my, my. And I
1: lived through that kind of trauma For for years and nobody knew the trauma that I was going through because I kept on preaching I kept on laying hands on folk I kept on praying for the sick I kept on teaching Bible study. I kept Mm -hmm. on teaching the the in the Bible college and no one knew what I was going through
0: my God God
1: gave me the grace and he poured out his mercy on me so that I could in fact keep going. And yes. once I got to a point that I, I said, Lord, I don't think I can take it anymore. I don't think I can go through this anymore. That's mm-hmm. when the Lord delivered me. He packed his stuff and went on about his business. And the, the, the every devil, every demon, I think that out of hell jumped on him because he had every sickness in his life. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> I said to myself, You know what? You brought this on yourself.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Jumping
1: on me, mm-hmm. g- coming against me and now every hellhound out of out of the the pit of hell has jumped on you and it took him out
0: my lord he lost
1: his mind
0: my lord that was yes that's how that's how it happens when you're messing with with someone that's knitted and rooted in the lord that's how it happens you don't pray against people but the The Lord knows how to take care of them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He said, I will repay. But I wanted to go back a little bit and go back to when it all started, because there's a woman out there listening, or there's a woman out there that will listen down the line to this, that has gone through this, or is going to go through something very similar. Mm -hmm. when you were a little girl and you first started having that low self-esteem or as you call it no Mm -hmm. self-esteem related to the teachers potting the other kids against you and then your mom not really doing too much about it and all and then as you got older you really had issues as you told us that you were struggling even to the degree where you had to take some meditation to keep yourself stable and be able to focus so from that you got married and i that's what i wanted to pick up on because i know there's a woman right now and that will listen and is listening that feels like her escape is through marriage that i'm gonna get married to this man and he's gonna make me happy we're gonna get a home maybe have some kids get a job and we're just gonna settle in and everything's gonna be all right can you speak to a woman that listening tonight and let her know, is that the right thing to do? To try to escape by getting, getting with a man and trying to get married or maybe even shacking up with someone, if, and even Christians do that. Is that the right thing to do? Is that an escape? Is that going to take care of that hurt and that pain?
1: I can speak to that and I will, and I just wanna add this bit of information right there. Um, when i married at 20, and I wanted to escape my parents' house, I, I didn't realize that we used to say, jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Okay. And that's what I did. Okay. And I met this man and, and I at that time I realized that um, he, was, um, he was four years, he was almost five years older than me. And um, he was working and I had a car and I th- thought at that time that that was a good uh start at least he had a job he was working mm-hmm. and whatever he, he pursued yes. me and he pursued me to the point that he wanted to marry me after three months oh my. and that sounded like a good thing to me because I wanted to get out of my parents house
0: yes, yes. okay and what happened <laughs> was
1: the week before we I, we got I got wedding invitation sent out and the week before we were to get married I had to come to reality I didn't love this man
0: oh my the week
1: before the week before and I was so distraught I got in my car and I went to spend the weekend in New York and I was living in Washington DC at that time Mm -hmm. and I didn't tell nobody that I was going because I needed to get away Mm -hmm. I left a note on my bed that I was driving to New York Mm
2: -hmm. and I just
1: needed to be away from because he pursued me that just like that. Every day I saw him, he, he, Uh he, you know, we spent all this time together and Mm -hmm. it was like, I needed to get away from him and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so when he called my house, my mother said she had found this, told him she had found this note on the bed that Mm -hmm. I was going to New York to spend mm-hmm. the weekend in New York. Mm-hmm. And on my way to New York, I was driving and, and I took the wrong turn and I came into um, New York on the side with the, with not the Brooklyn side, but the whatever that bridge is, you go into uh, Long Island. Yes. And I got into a car accident. Oh, and my. so I called my aunt and uncle and they came to um see about me and by the time they got there that first husband was in new york also oh man! and 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 so i wound up not being able to get away and (laughs) i said lord i've sent these invitations out and i don't know what to do because at that time i just didn't realize you could call it off
0: okay (laughs) i thought
1: that you had to stay in it if you sent the invitations out so I yes. went ahead on and got married and the when we were on our way back from our honeymoon he slapped me. Oh. He hit me upside my head and I went back to my parents house. And I stayed at their house that weekend and he came and patched up stuff with me
2: and oh. we went
1: back together and it was just constantly fighting me.
2: The whole time we
1: were married a total of seven years
2: but i never lived
1: except i never lived the whole year out of that seven with this man because he was constantly fighting me and doing stuff so to answer your question Mm -hmm. that's not the answer when you feel like you uh, uh uh entrapped that i felt like i was entrapped in my home because of the way that my mother was constantly on my case and the way she treated me but then getting married uh, uh is not the answer you have to come to grips with yourself and what's going on in your life because what was going on in my life was trauma and I'm married into more trauma and so that that's uh uh adding to the upset so my my suggestion to any woman that is trying to escape all of the trauma and anxiety and depression and everything that's going on it's not about marrying anybody it's about learning to bring yourself to a place of wholeness and healing first because you come in that relationship with baggage and you just pick up more baggage because if you're not whole and heal yourself you can't you cannot present yourself in that marriage in, in in a way that you need to because women have to be whole because from what i understand a woman is supposed to be a help meet or help man, help helper for the husband and if you need help that's that's almost like the blind leading the blind and everybody will wind up in the ditch so you have to get yourself together so you can be a helper to that man and if that's he right. comes with baggage and two people coming with that's a mess it's like that's right getting ready to happen that's- so I, my suggestion is no don't get married unless you know Beyond of a shadow of a doubt, you have your stuff together, because you're going to have to help him keep himself together. And so you you coming in needing a band aid, and he's already bleeding. Right. That that's not that's not a, that's not a, that's not what you need to do.
0: So as a pat as a pastor, if you have a woman or a couple coming to you saying, "Okay, Apostle." we want to get married and we want you to marry us. And you, I'm sure you require marital counseling. Yes. So if you saw that, that was a red flag in that relationship, what would you do?
1: Well, first of all, with the intensive pre-marriage counseling or pre-marriage um, examination, um, I look at uh, some specific criteria in the beginning. I do, a. Uh, uh, com- um, Compatibility study. Some people are not even compatible in the first place. So mm-hmm. I don't recommend they get married. And then we look at various uh, triggers. We look at, because pre-marriage counseling needs to be extensive. Some people are so much in love, they don't even have time for four sessions or six sessions. And mm-hmm. then they wind up making a mess because they don't have time for you to take the time to counsel them and to flush out and work through issues. I've, right. Had, right. I've had that to happen a a couple times back years ago so now i know if you're in the big hurry to get married get somebody else to marry you because i'm not going to do it because i know there are things you know i had one lady that um she had been a member of the church for years and the um the her her fiance were was a member also and he hid it from her that he was on medication to keep his mind regulated
0: Oh. oh my she yeah. didn't find out
1: until after she married him. He was on medication. He never owned oh to it. And so after she married him, this is when she realized, I can't live with this man because he right. goes off the deep end if he's not on this medication. Right, and then right. there are other situations. People have all kinds of stuff going on in their past and they try to hide it. Yes. They try to, uh, they won't be honest with the yes. with their fiance or you and so that's why you have to take that time and begin to flush out every conceivable circumstance or Mm -hmm. situation that might present itself because there are certain things that you know if you married enough people and dealt with enough people you know this right here is a red flag
0: that's right that's right and
1: this right that's here right. needs to be dealt with sometimes it's in-laws sometimes it's health conditions sometimes it's finances sometimes it's mm-hmm. people's past whatever mm-hmm. it is some people uh 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 have um uh sexual issues um right. some people uh infidelity they, well they have infidelity yes but they have issues some of them can't even perform sexually oh
0: okay I understand. And, and
1: and so they want you to hurry up and marry them and then mm-hmm. after you marry them then the, one or the other find out oh this person can't even uh function sexually I'm not going to stay in a marriage without sex although some people love each other to the point that they will stay married without sex but it's not an ideal situation and right. so there I are all understand. kinds of things and, and and people raise the question well um if you're supposed to be chaste and not lust after your your fiance and not have sex before marriage then how would you know if that person right. cannot perform sexually well my my suggestion to them is there are ways that you can find out
0: right right
1: mm-hmm. you know and I, you know I don't know if this is a mature audience but there are ways you can find out whether that person can perform or not and you don't have to have sex with them either this and is so, a mature
0: this is a mature audience, but we understand, We I think the audience understands that and all. So with that being said, women of our age and maybe even a bit older, we didn't have the opportunity to have premarital counseling. Maybe with me, it might have just was starting out, but it was very, very, very new. So with that being said, how do you think if if that premarital counseling would have been offered to you when you were first married at the 20-year-old range would, would that have had an impact on your on your ability to choose whether or not to get married or not
1: or I think it would have because that one was a violent marriage but the second one I had premarriage counseling but that mm-hmm. one was um, the mental abuse the second one yes, I see but and I didn't that, have any in a the first one
0: with the second one they didn't pick up on that that was going to be a, a issue there the, the, well the and when thing.
1: i look back on it the way i do premarriage counseling mine is much more extensive than what i we we, we received we mm-hmm. only received about 6 sessions mm-hmm. but uh that that right there is not enough of, uh premarriage counseling you need to go deeper than 6 sessions i see because one session might might spread over to two to three sessions. Yes.
0: It and might one, just be one topic, right?
1: One topic,
0: right? Right. So would you would you say that if a person is dealing with trauma from their past and they are pastoring and leading the church and you said bleeding and all, which that happened, and then they had on a mask so nobody knows what's behind that mask, can't see them. Would you say that that person is is operating fully in their call at that time and doing what thus saith the Lord? Or would you say that the person is just operating because they know that they cannot stop because this is what's expected of them to do?
1: Well, I have, two theories about it my first theory about it is that in the suffering God has ordained or appointed us to suffer because that's what the word says it's appointed unto us to suffer and after we've suffered a while we cease from sin Uh, the apostle Paul also talks about endurance yes and I believe that the spiritual muscle I believe that the place where the Lord was taking me Mm -hmm. I had to go through a level of suffering Mm -hmm. and I believe suffering is tailor-made and Mm -hmm. it's intended to bring one to the place where the Lord wants them to be and Mm -hmm. so I believe that based on God's permissive will yes he, he permitted the suffering in my life to bring me to the place where I am today to stand against demonic forces. Mm-hmm. And so that was my that's my theory about it, and that the fruit of love was being worked out in me, the fruit of long suffering, being mm-hmm. temperate and meek. I believe that God, based on his permissive will, allowed me to go through that level of suffering so Mm -hmm. that the fruit of the spirit could be perfected or made perfect in me.
0: Yes, yes. Because
1: the word says my strength is made perfect in your weakness.
0: Right. Mm
1: -hmm. And so I believe that what the Lord allowed, he allowed it and the Bible calls it temptation, Mm -hmm. but he allowed it and the Bible says there is no temptation that is uh that but such is common to man but the lord will prepare an escape route and the lord yes. prepared an escape for me when he knew i had had all i could stay
0: yes ma'am but when, but when but you but you know the reason I, I i wanted to bring that out is because you and i both know that there are women that's sitting in our churches right now and sitting at home that are going through the same thing and their pastors and their leaders and they are stuck in that situation and they don't know what to do. They feeling guilty if they stop ministering, if they stop serving, they sit down, they feel real, they most likely will just feel guilty and as though they let God down and let the people down. And at the same time, some of them are feeling that yes, I'm gonna just put on my makeup, I'm gonna just wear this mask, I'm gonna talk the talk, I know how to do the church role and yet and still their their heart and their spirit is not really in it. So that's why I wanted to ask you that. And yes, I believe what you said, how to and all how the Lord kept you in that and prepared you in it so that you could actually be prepared to fully minister to people that are in that same bondage was good. But there are women out there that are being battered and hurt and abused and when they get home from church after playing the church role they are just a hot mess and they're bleeding all over people and they really aren't being effective in it those particular women at that time in their lives when it's happening would you say that they should sit down for a while and seek counsel or would would you say that they, they should keep, keep going and keep ministering and maybe seeking the Lord in private themselves while they're going through that tumultuous situation.
1: Well, I have two responses to that. My first response is for me personally, I found stress when I was able to get up and minister, believe it or not. Okay. it was an outlet for me it was a a way of saying God I'm suffering but i'm I'm doing this work that I'm hoping is pleasing to you yeah so it kind of helped me even though I, I i knew god was giving me the strength to be able to stand and mm-hmm. and that was kind of like an outlet for me and i knew that word that's said it's a, you know it's appointed unto us to suffer and so that helped me but then the yes. second perspective on it is it depends upon the person mm-hmm. and the 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 uh, type of abuse they're going through Mm -hmm. and what the purpose of it is. Now, Mm -hmm. some people, and and I know that most of the time, whatever the Lord allowed, whatever the devil meant for harm, God can turn it around for the good. So whatever that, that, because everybody's story is different. Everybody's suffering is different. So some women need to walk up out of there, especially if it is going to cause medical issues with them from stress okay and i don't believe it's the lord's will for them to stay in those abusive relationships if it is going to bring on a stress related illness Mm -hmm. i believe some other women their tolerance level is very low and they will hurt somebody and i believe that if they try to stay in a relationship that is a dangerous or volatile situation i believe that they need to walk out of it because if if they are in a volatile situation where they could wind up hurting somebody or somebody hurting them i don't believe the lord will require them to stand there and take that abuse over and over and put themselves in harm's way or somebody else in harm's way so that is why i said there i i i want to look at it from two perspectives for me yeah. i understood the lord was working out yes. something in me but for somebody else and whatever kind of abuse they're going through you have to look at it on a case-by-case basis
0: that's right that's right you do and when you look at it on the case-by-case basis under that microscope should be the Holy Spirit that's ex- doing that examining it yeah. really should, it should not be the flesh that's doing the examination and because of pride I gotta stay in this people gonna what people gonna say and the haters and all that shouldn't be mixed into it y'all hear me out there it shouldn't be because you are, Prideful, or your shame, and what people gonna say, and worrying about the naysayers and the haters in the crowd. It should be because the Lord is examining your life at that time and dealing with you, and working some things in, and working some things out. And like Apostle said, giving you the ability to be able to stay in that situation, or if it gets too much, gets to be too much. The Bible says it gives us a way of escape. Okay.
2: Mm -hmm. and even if
0: you don't go through a a divorce because the bible doesn't always condone that only in certain situations but separation for sure you could actually pray and ask the lord to lead you in whatever direction that he would allow you to go in in that time we want to be some help to somebody out there i don't believe the lord allowed us to talk about this in such a transparent way which i just thank and praise you Apostle, for sharing this with women especially women in leadership that they need to know that it's okay to talk about it and get free from the demon that has been hindering you for years 28 38 50 years just hindering you there's freedom in the holy spirit now let's move on down and talk a little bit more a little bit about the spirit of rejection you said that it is alive from the enemy that when you understand that the spirit of rejection lies about god's love and your worth you can begin the process of being set free don't so tell us a little bit about how the spirit of rejection is manifested in a person's life and i know how it manifests in your life but the other women that you've come in contact with over the years how has that manifested in some of the lives of the women that you counseled um, with? Of course, we'll leave the, them, um, you know, anonymous or whatnot. But this, this is, this is real and all. Uh, so we'll help somebody that will be able to see what they're going through or avoid what they should not get into. So how has that spirit of rejection manifested in the lives of some uh, women, maybe even men, that you have counseled in? pastored or worked with or been in your circle over the years
1: well first of all the spirit of rejection comes in through an open door it's a spirit and it 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 is tied in with starting out with fathers Mm -hmm. and if the if the father has rejected the child first then the spirit of rejection can come or it comes in through rejection by the mother now mine came in through my mother because my father didn't reject us but mine came in through my mother Mm -hmm. and so it also can come in through um this what I went through in school with the teachers Mm -hmm. and um and, and and so what happens with the mother when the spirit of rejection comes they're not able to nurture the children like they're supposed to Mm -hmm. uh in a godly manner and so the child begins to feel rejected by the parents But father first and mother second and Mm then uh it also is an open door through being rejected by the spouse i see and so i already had that spirit of rejection coming from my mother and then the first marriage which uh, it was infidelity. It was violence. It was all of that. So that compounded the spirit of rejection in me. And so um, the school, uh, a child can uh, develop that through an open door. If somebody in your church rejects you, a lot of people uh, have have, have, have entered into being rejected in the church or in your work it it can take root from any of these triggers or any of these open doors and so it takes root in your soul and so what happens is you start feeling that um I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going through life and and, and because this is like an open source, I'm I'm walking around seeing who's going to reject me next. Uh, And and I'm so used to people rejecting me. I'm just looking for any kind of excuse and the devil feeds your mind with stuff. Yeah, they they rejected you there. They said this over there and they said that over there. And so it compounds and it's a lie, but it comes into your soul. And then uh and so the, the kind of lies that the devil tells you is that you are not wanted that they, they don't appreciate you you are unloved and and you're unaccepted and you're unworthy and this these are the lies that the devil starts feeding you when you're already abound with that spirit of rejection and so uh the other thing is uh the devil will say well you will never um belong in that group you you're different you're you're not like other people and so those are two of the ways that the enemy comes in first of all it has to be an open door somewhere through some generational issue or the school or the church or your job or whatever and then the devil starts telling you about how people don't appreciate you they don't care whether you live or die this is one of the things that the enemy was saying to me Uh, if you died nobody would even miss you they don't Mm -hmm. even care nothing about you anyhow so so what if you died nobody would miss you it doesn't matter and so you you know the devil feeds these lies to you and so uh the promises of God that are in the word if you're not in the word and you don't tell that devil to get thee behind me Satan because the word of God says thus and such that demonic force will constantly be feeding you lies in and your those lies take root in your soul and they become a stronghold. Right, right, right. And so you need to be delivered from those lies of the devil. And you have to, first of all, take responsibility for the fact that you allowed the devil to lie to you. And then Amen. you have accepted it down in your soul. And, <laughs> and, and, and so as long as you accept what the devil is saying to you, he's going to stay there. And so when I thought about it, it I, I call it now the five R's. First of all, you take responsibility for the lies that the devil told you and you accepted it. Mm-hmm. And then you repent. That's the second R. Mm-hmm. Then you renounce everything that the devil has told you, and then you remove it from your your mind and your heart and your spirit. And then mm-hmm. you rejoice about it afterwards. And so that's what I call the five R's. Now you take responsibility for it. You repent. You renounce it, all these lies, and you remove them out of your spirit. And the way I believe you, the best or most effective way to remove it out of your spirit is to take the word of God and tell the devil the Bible. It is written. Just like Jesus had to tell the devil when he was tempting him. It is written. And
2: that's
1: how you remove it and then you rejoice because the the, the lord is satisfied he, he who the son is set free is free indeed That's and great you great. have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're free from that spirit of rejection and the That's main great. thing that helps you to overcome it is to be loved a woman yes. needs to be loved and yes if a woman is not loved the woman is not right i don't care all these people talking about oh oh i don't need to be loved i'm all right by myself no you're not
0: right right you're
1: right. just faking it to make it
0: that's a right. woman that's
1: needs to be loved and love right. overcomes the spirit of rejection
0: amen amen and when you say love do you mean love by her the church family love by her neighbors by love by her her family especially the immediate family or is it the love of 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 a partner of her husband of the one
1: or I believe it's all, or
0: it's all of that all, mixed together.
1: All of it. All okay. of it. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: It's all mixed together. And when you, I also wanted to say, I love what you said about the five hours. First of all, I love. I like that. That is definitely what will break that spirit of rejection. But when they're going through that process, it takes time. Do you find that if a woman is going through trying to get follow those steps, sometimes will a person kind of backtrack and maybe get to the step three and maybe go all the way back to step one or come up to step four and then they go back to to step one again and they go back and forth with it. I would imagine that it might go that way for some women that are not really strong enough or dedicated or things keep happening, crisis keep popping up and they keep going back and forth back and forth until they actually come to the place where they really can go through all five of them and get free from it so can you talk to us a little bit about how that might look and and encourage and encourage somebody not to give up if that is occurring with them
1: I believe that what will help you with the five R's is to receive love first Because once you start receiving love, it'll be easier to take responsibility for the lies that have been uh, a strongholds that have been created by the devil and the open doors that um, have been there through fathers rejecting or mothers rejecting or or the, the, the school system or the church or your work environment. All that stuff that took root and you felt like, People were against you and didn't appreciate you. And so the love and appreciation, I believe, is the first is a prerequisite for it. And then you can move into the five R's. because once you receive that love, then you can take responsibility for the fact that it was a bunch of lies of the devil.
2: But okay. if you have
1: not any love coming your way, then it's going to be difficult to take responsibility because some people have never felt love. I was one that had never felt felt what right. love was. And mm-hmm. so uh, uh, uh when you when you don't know what it feels like then you 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 you're trying to go into unknown territory but mm-hmm. when you come into a place of being appreciated or somebody say a kind word to you because one of the things about um rejection is um Uh, It leads you into a place of Mm -hmm. self-rejection, self-hate, and rejection of others. So you're hating yourself. That's why I said it works with low self-esteem. You're hating yourself. You've you've experienced so much hurt and rejection until you're beginning to believe it your own self. Right. And nobody cares. And why should I? Because I'm just here. I'm just all, all here alone and nobody cares whether I live or die. And so this is the kind of rise that you have to take responsibility for uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and your behavior and the mindset that you've allowed yourself to slip in. And that's why the first of the odds is to take responsibility for the fact that this stuff that you this self hate and all of this stuff that you're feeling it's you got to take responsibility for the fact that it is a lie from the pit of hell we're fearfully and wonderfully made and we have the the lord loves us the scripture said for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish and but have everlasting life so you have to you have to first of all tell yourself about the promises of god god loves me if you all don't ever love me god loves me and so mm-hmm. when you start taking responsibility it helps you to have a word a promise of god to fall back on to cancel out the lies of the devil Mm
0: -hmm. and you said the five hours I want you to tell me what they are now I'm gonna type them in the chat for our audience to see responsibility and the next one was
1: repent for the believing the lies that the devil has has told you you have to repent of it okay then you have to renounce it everything that has. The enemy has planted down in your soul, you've got to renounce it. Because this is not just something in your mind. This is something that has taken root in your soul. And yes. so you've got to be delivered. And the way you are delivered is you got to repent of it, you got to take responsibility, repent of it, you got to renounce it. And then after renouncing it, you have to ask God to remove this thing out of your soul and out of your spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, and then
1: the fifth one is rejoice because you thank the Lord for delivering you. And you rejoice because the enemy wants to keep you bound up with depression and anxiety and all of that. That's why the Bible say rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. So you have to rejoice to, to cancel out all of this stuff that the enemy has planted in your soul to torment you. Because this spirit of rejection is a tormenting spirit right
0: right 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 yes and i also wanted you to encourage there are there are women out here that are parents and i know you said it started with you when you was a little girl and your mom was there and she she rejected you did not was not a great help but i believe she did the best she could do with what she knew how to do i do she probably didn't know anymore more to do thank god but there are women out here that are listening and that will listen that they have a little girl that is feeling that way and and that seed is trying to get in through that little open door right now what would mm-hmm. you tell that mother how is that mother going to cover that child and prepare her or him so that that spirit will not be able to come through that that door that is trying to wedge its way into.
1: Well, most little girls that, uh, because females need to be loved, that mother, if that mother's having problems showing love to that child, then that mother has to understand why am I having a problem showing love to my child? Is it because I wasn't loved? and if it was the fact that i wasn't loved then i have to break this cycle uh, right here because it's carrying over to future generations and if, if i don't give my child love my child will grow up maladjusted or or may grow up maladjusted or may grow up with this low self-esteem spirit of rejection and i don't want another person in the next generation to go through this because it is unhealthy That's and right. it traumatizes children and it carries over into adulthood. And it it, it gets all down in your spirit and your soul. And and, and you need deliverance when you have gone through years and years of that kind of trauma and rejection and, and all of that stuff. And when parents do that to their children, they are torturing their children and they don't realize it. So what I'm saying after having lived through it myself, it does not pay to to stop loving your child or not showing your child love you are torturing that child you are tormenting that child you're setting that child up to suffer the rest of their life if they don't uh uh uh, come to grips with the word of god because Mm -hmm. that's what helped me to heal the word of god
0: yes so when you if you were counseling with with a parent that was listening to us this evening you tell them the first of all that they need to look at themselves I hear yes. you saying look at yourself and see if it's something that you might have been experiencing your own self yes. Maybe going through a situation as when you were a child maybe it's something you suppressed you didn't even realize that it was there because you suppressed it but it is there and you got to deal with it yourself first yeah takes a big now that takes a real big person in order to be able to do that. You know, we have a lot of um and we're not, and I am not knocking teenage moms, believing, or bashing teenage moms or anything, but when you're young, you are still a teenager and you're still developing yourself and growing yes. and learning how to be a, an adult. So sometimes when teenagers have children so young, they may not know how to handle some of the situations that are prevalent in those little kids lives so i i like what you said to be able to recognize that in yourself and that really requires being under under a man or woman of god in a church of spirit-filled church that's preaching and teaching the word of god and preaching under the anointing so it can start revealing some things and pulling some things forward in a person's spirit also, it just takes, a like, I totally agree about you said love. It takes that loving, loving mom or loving environment. Like I like when you said that in hold environment, when you're in that loving environment, you're going to want to do right. You're going to want to be pulled to, to the part, to a, to a area that's positive. You're not going to be drawn too much to that negative force you know cuz love covers a multitude of sin and so i know that it is a, it is possible that people don't have to go through and allow the enemy to get in through that door because he's seeking whomever he can devour and especially he wants to start at the seed when they're kids like that when we talked about that lotus flower blooming and blossoming as the seed he wants to crush that seed but he couldn't crush the seed and the flowers, the lotus flower I talked about at the beginning. It still bloomed and blossomed. Why? Because it was rooted. It was rooted in some the good, the good stuff, and the good stuff is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit apostle had a root deep inside of you, so even since you were a little girl knew that you were going to go through those situations yes he knew that your root was so deep that the enemy was not going to be able to cut it off at the root but he knew that that root needed to grow deeper and the only way that it could grow deeper is by al- was allowing you to go through all of those traumatic situations so that your your root is just like that tree that's planted by the river of water and it will not be moved it goes down so deep that whatever storm comes and it shakes it it won't be able to make the tree topple over you it won't make you topple over and all so that is where the devil was given i'd like to say a black eye actually sent back to the pit of hell even when the lord allowed the gentleman that you were married to the second one to remain with you for 28 years and all that torment but it was preparation Talk about how, we're going to put it in, in layman's term, how I have a pot of jewels right here in front of me. And in my pot of jewels, I have all these little things. They are beautiful glass jewels. They're pink. I have some yellow. I have some that are orange. I have some that are that are blue. And in, they're in this golden pot. But I was talking to Apostle before we started the podcast this evening. And I told her, I said, I have these jewels and I might just bring them forth. If the Holy Spirit says bring them forth, I will. We're going to talk about them a little bit. So when we first look at this, we say, oh, that is so pretty. Look how nice and pretty that is. And it's to the point where I you know, I think I want to have one of those. I think I may even want to see if someone will make a necklace out of one of those for me. But then we think about it, and I look at this pot of jewels, and I say to myself, it took something to get this to look like it is looking right now. It took refining this. This little yellow jewel, this little yellow jewel started out as sand. It started out as just pure sand on the ground, probably in a mound of sand. But they took that mound of sand and when they took when they took that mound of sand, they took it and they had to actually put it through the refine a refining process. My kids at one time went through a glass, a glass camp and they learned how to do this so i'm going to tell you how it's really done so they took that little sand and they put it in that ref refining um hot element and melted it all together and it came just like all like goobly glob it was so hot and sticky and when it was hot and sticky they added some coloring see this beautiful all these beautiful colors and when they added the beautiful colors which I'm looking to see if I have one of the things they made. I'm gonna grab that in a minute. When they added that beautiful color, they it changed into all these different colors. And then they literally had to cut it so that it could be these little shapes. So imagine having to go through all of that just to get into this beautiful color, glossy, and just just, and, and then you put into this gold pot and you get to show it off. Now I was talking to Apostle tonight and she was telling us about all that she had gone through and now she went through all that trauma when she was little all the way up even into some of the marriages and even into adulthood even into preaching but the Lord saw fit to bring her out into this beautiful woman that she is today that she started off telling us that and I'm I feel the same way I would have never known that she had been through what you said you had gone through had it not you've been telling us tonight but her story was once a story of trauma and pain and anguish just like this thing started off as just pure sand so i'm gonna show this right here to the audience and then i'm gonna ask apostle if she looks at these at some of these these beautiful jewels in here if you could actually look at this and you see all the beautiful colors in there what yeah. would when you look at we're going to look at it from two ways first you're going to look at it from the words of trauma so if I pick one of these out like this one what a uh, trauma word might you give this that goes along with the low self esteem and the spirit of rejection
1: well, looking at the color of it and the, uh, the 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 dimensions of it, it's a circle, and I I, I what comes to my mind immediately is a circle of hope. Yellow is a warm color, and, uh, the, and 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 the sun is going to shine one day in your life. It won't always be. A uh, 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 um, uh, winter season, but yellow to me brings forth a uh, thought of sunshine, warmth, and glow, and 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 peace. Yellow is a very peaceful color, yes. and it and, and so coming out of that kind of trauma, I I, I look at a circle of hope and peace, yes. and, and, and sunshine sunlight coming into someone's life and i see um yellow also as a a a neutral color yes you you have to um you have to it's a color that you can add uh two other colors from the hue and come up with something else brilliant and beautiful that's what i think when I saw the circle, the color, it, it 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 opened the way to use your finite mind to to look at circle of hope, to yes. look at a neutral color that it's a foundational color that you can add to it, come up with something beautiful, and then I also it, it fits right in with the other uh, uh, jewels there, uh, yes, because. it it it, it's 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 first of all the shape of it the color Mm -hmm. of it the the idea behind it uh that it 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 is foundational and so it's 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 it it's a it's a work I see yellow as a work in progress.
0: Amen amen. Thank you for that analogy. Now and when I put it back with all this these other colors it blends in there nicely. Imagine if all these things were the same color, imagine if they were all yellow and we didn't have blue, we didn't have red, we didn't have pink, we didn't have the real pretty aqua color here. If they were all the same, then it would be pretty bland. That's how the Lord does us in our lives. He wants us to be all different colors, all different shapes, all different sizes. He wants us to accept ourselves just the way we are I want to encourage those that are listening to know that you are a precious jewel. No matter what shape you are, no matter what color you are, no matter how the pressing has gone, the backstory that brought you into this beautiful jewel that you are now, just know that you're beautiful just the way you are. Would you say that, Apostle, that they would be the same it wouldn't be beautiful if it was if it was a, a pot of all the same color because it would not be that diversity there we would not be able to enjoy me as the way that i am and apostle the way that she is and the way that she delivers the word and the way that i might deliver the word or may the that other woman of god might deliver the word or or love and embrace you and encourage you so be yourself be yourself and follow the Bible. Like I love what Apostle said first and foremost, get God's word and stand on his word and watch God move. I want to um I want to transition over into asking you, Apostle, to tell us a little bit about your new ministry that you've just launched live on Facebook. I want you to tell us a bit a bit about that and how can our audience participate in it
1: well first of all for about about two years it started during the time of COVID, and when the churches were shut down and the lord began to deal with me about the great commission go ye into all the world and preach the gospel and even though a lot of churches did have a live stream the, the Lord was beginning to deal with me that this could be a blessing in disguise from the standpoint of more people could, in fact, impa- impact more people if they went, uh, did the live stream. And mm-hmm. the ch- because the church uh, existed when the building was closed, because the church is not bricks and mortar. Yes. The church consists of the people of God. And it could, the COVID-19 could have been God's way of shifting. There was a shift in imache, in the atmosphere. There was a shift in the church. Yes. In, in yes. There was a shift going on with the yes. Ecclesia and God was allowing it to happen. And I believe a lot of people had to come to that painful realization that it was not just about an edifice. That right, million, right. million dollar edifice, and that right. all of us had a responsibility to bring forth the word of truth, because truth right. was what was being was was uh, had been under attack even in the former administration. And so the Lord kept the Holy Spirit kept nudging me to go forth. And what He did was He showed me that there is a universal church, which is the one that the Lord is going to come back for, and mm-hmm. a local church. And most people had put all of their focus on the local church and yes. the Lord was trying to divert or shift our focus from the local church to a universal church. Mm-hmm. And so the name came about because of that universal church without walls, global fellowship of churches, because the Lord wants us to fellowship. Many people had gotten into oh, these are my members, this this is my church, this is my whatever. And the Lord wants us to think globally, but he also wants us to think about the church that he's coming back for without spot or wrinkle. And so this is where the theory came from about what the name of it. And then the Lord began to show me that, um, that I was called to the nations because i already had an international ministry anyway under zion temple and he was calling me to expand the international ministry to be a a a, a, a have a larger global focus and the way that the lord was showing me was through live stream but together together um uh, this would be a, a a ministry that would be culturally diverse in other words call in missionaries and evangelists throughout the globe to open it up for membership so that they could go into the villages over third world countries because they already had that cultural exposure. They already could speak that language. And so the Universal Church Without Walls Global Fellowship was kicked off last December. And what is intended to do is to bring in missionaries and evangelists around the world to be able to go in and administer the word of God in villages, in areas uh, 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 where there's a, a, a very low number of Christians in that region, to spread the gospel in regions that have a very small percentage of Christians in it and they would be able to spread the gospel in their language based on their culture. And and so this organization is open to everybody because it's not about a local church. It's about spreading the gospel throughout the world. And, And because we are not able to physically go into some of these areas, the people that are there, there's a call upon them to go into the villages, for example, over in... Africa, in India, in, in Haiti, and different other places well, uh, to go, uh, people that are already living there, to be uh, encouraged to go in there and that we were to generate funds to help these pastors in these third world countries that don't have Bibles and, and don't have the ability to, some of them are actually meeting outside and sitting on logs and meeting under a tree don't have the uh, the financial resources to build a church of any type and so this is an attempt that the next move is to generate fundraising to be able to assist pastors and leaders and also it will have a training component where we can license and ordain pastors in third world countries. Well, I'm already doing that now, but to expand that because many of them do not have access to training or resources or much of anything. Some third world countries are more underprivileged than others. And so this is the whole notion about bringing the gospel and spreading the gospel and trying to get the kingdom of god expanded throughout the world so that's the gist of what this organization is about now it's not about your local church
0: Mm -hmm. amen amen how can someone donate funds or if they want to actually bless the, the ministry How can they go about doing that? What is the the contact information for that
1: apostle? Well, right now I'm in the process of getting a website put up where they'll be able to donate online, but the website is not up yet. So they can um, send it by cash app and um, and we will uh, be able to start right now getting bibles to them and start the process of assisting pastors that need a a facility to house the ministry and Mm -hmm. those that are meeting uh, outside uh um, sitting on logs and don't even have a a shelter to go into and then many of Mm -hmm. the pastors that i'm already dealing with and interacting with in places like um india and africa they have orphanages where they're trying to uh provide for these children that parents uh, they don't have parents and so right now until i get the website put up because i just launched the ministry in december uh, they can Mm -hmm. cash at me at dollar sign jones ministry and and within the next uh, month or so i hope to have the website up where they can donate online Mm -hmm and also have the app, app, app the uh, information where they can apply online to become a member of this organization in it mm-hmm. we are not discriminating uh based on race or, or nationality or culture uh this is a worldwide ministry
0: yes and how can they contact you via your church or via your email address as well if they wanted to actually reach out and actually visit the church or participate any in, in, in your live stream so that you have airing
1: on our virtual platforms well right now i'm i'm, I'm on whatsapp those that um are not able to uh, do email i have whatsapp and um also um the um Email is Zion Temple 2 the number two, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And they also can contact me on Facebook Messenger. I'm in the process of getting all of my 1-800 numbers together so that they can call. So right now, I, I need about another week before I can get all my numbers uh, that I can give out. But they can contact me by Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp. Um, If they want to um, get in touch with me, Apostle Bertha Jones, and I'm also setting up a Facebook page. Actually, I have it set up, but I'm I'm getting all of my information um, updated. And so you will see it on Facebook, the uh, Facebook page for the uh, Universal Church Without Walls Global Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And I am trying to get all of my technology. I do not consider myself technology savvy. So all of this information Mm -hmm. is being worked out as we speak. And so I have a conference line number, all of that. And so I'm going to put up all of that information um, before this week is out on Facebook, the conference line number they can conference me in. Um, they can also, uh, Facebook Messenger and the WhatsApp information will be all be on Facebook this week. Amen. I to, but I just need to put it up on Facebook so that they will be able to access it.
0: Amen. And I will make sure that I put your contact information, your email and your Facebook information and your cash app information in the description for the podcast episode this evening i would encourage our listening audience to pour into this ministry you will be able to bless not only people here in the united states but pastors that are in those third world countries that need you you will be able to bless them you may never be able to go there and preach to them or touch them or sit with them but you will be able to touch them by your generous gifts that yes. you give and pour into this ministry thank god for you apostle thank you so much for sharing so richly with us tonight is there any thing that you want to share with us tonight that you didn't uh get to share as of yet before we transition to a close
1: well i just wanted to say another word about another dynamic of the spirit of rejection and that is with the elderly people i want to flip-flop from the childhood and the parents Mm -hmm. uh, to the elderly parents and the adult children Mm -hmm. and many of the adult children are guilty of a spirit of rejection toward their elderly parents I see a lot of the elderly parents lose their will to live because they do not feel loved. I see. And that is, uh, uh, that is more common than people think. I used to do a lot of nursing home ministry for years. And there were people in nursing homes that their children did not come to visit them. There were some that their children did, but a lot of elderly people lose their will to live because they feel unwanted and unloved because their adult children mistreat their parents. Oh my. And there is a spirit of rejection operating in a lot of elderly people that they didn't always feel it, but they developed it after they became elderly because their children mistreat them.
0: Oh my. So that in itself is quite prevalent. Yes, as you as you are aware of, with adult children that are experiencing that uh, rejection toward their elderly parents, and because of that, the parents sometimes lose their will to live. What yes. can be done to rectify that situation? Would you say?
1: Well, as 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 common as it is, I feel that one of the things that we as pastors need to bring up in our ministry is that the word says you have a responsibility to take care of your elderly parents. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, 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 of young people, millennials or whatever, that feel that they can talk to their parents any kind of way, mistreat them, don't show any love, don't go to see them, they need to the spirit of conviction needs to hit them because they will be elderly one day themselves
0: that's right and and and
1: and and, and, and see sometimes the lord will recompense upon your own head according to your own doing now we yeah. say in the world uh, what goes around comes around and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that as they sow so shall they reap that's and right but so when you're mistreating your parents or grandparents, there's Mm -hmm. nothing to say that your children or grandchildren will not mistreat you. And I believe that we need to preach more of that because a lot of folks feel like they have arrived. Oh, I can talk to my, I'm grown now. I can talk to my father, my mother, any kind of way. I don't have to go see them. I don't have to do whatever, but they are setting themselves up for the same thing.
0: That's right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, I
1: agree because it works that way as you sow so shall you reap
0: that's right and even though the season may be long because we know in in michigan we have long winters they go all the way into like april (laughs) but that doesn't mean that season isn't going to change it's going (laughs) to change you might be in summer right now and the summer may be just oh so good you're having a good time but just wait a little while and have a few more birthdays
1: yeah absolutely then
0: you will reap what you sow. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom that you've shared with us tonight. And thank you so much for sharing so transparently about your story. I was so blessed by it. It starts first with me and with my husband, our co-host Reverend Curtis Robinson. It starts with us. It hits us first. And I thank God that I'm being so filled with so much love and wisdom From what I'm learning from our podcast guests. And tonight, you were just so real. And I believe that this word has touched so many people, not only women, but men and boys and girls, whomever else might listen. And to know that you are a woman, a pastor, an apostle, doctor, have gone through this and you're humble enough to share this don't you know that how much freedom that that's going to actually give to someone else that's up there in those higher upper upper lines of society and they think they've arrived and they're hiding and they cannot release this this is a gift to them and so i thank you so much from my heart for sharing so richly with our audience tonight i pray that god would bless you double fold for what you have done on this lotus flower podcast apostle i would like you to transition us now with um with uh, closing us out in prayer if there are any other um things that you'd like to share before we transition in prayer and once again thank you so much for joining us for the Lotus flower podcast and know that you've got to come back again.
2: <laughs> well, praise the Lord.
0: And also before we close, I do want to put a shout out and let people know that Apostle will be speaking for the Emerging Hope Empowerment Hour on Sunday, March 27th at 4 p.m eastern standard time she will be our guest speaker for our women's history month celebration and we are looking forward to a word from the lord so don't miss it streaming live on the dr pamela robinson facebook page
1: amen praise the lord and i just want to say thank you for having me on the lotus flower podcast and I, um, this was my first time telling my story, uh, publicly and I trust that in the midst of whatever I went through, if someone else is going through it, um, just like when you have the the bowl of jewels, that, that, that they can gain some strength and hope from whatever, um, they have gone through by hearing the testimony because the word of God says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and so my story was testimony and I prayed that my testimony helped somebody that was hurting um many times it's it's difficult to be transparent because you do not want to share all of your pain I didn't share all of the pain it was more to it than that some of it I didn't even talk About when like the times I almost lost my life, but anyway, God is good, and 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 because that part was not edifying, I guess the Holy Spirit did not allow me to tell the whole story, but he allowed me to tell just enough of it for you to understand the trauma that the Lord has delivered me from. And so, again, I thank the opportunity and the platform to tell my story. So let us pray father we thank you tonight we first but we want to say thank you for the wellness
0: yes yes lord thank you jesus yes we want to
1: yes thank you lord thank you jesus
2: thank you lord for dr Yes,
0: Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for setting the captives free. Thank you for setting the captives free. 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 Thank you for breaking the bonds of women that have been suffering in silence. With the spirit of rejection and low self esteem for years. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you. We pray that love
1: and and holy
0: boldness. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless her richly. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank God. Amen. Well, thank you again for being our special guest. Have a blessed evening. God bless you.
1: God bless you.
0: Thank thank you. word, what a word, what a word from Apostle Dr. Bertha M. Jones. She talked with us tonight from the topic of my journey with the spirit of rejection and low self-esteem. She spoke with us about what the spirit of rejection is, where it starts from, She spoke to us about the spirit of low self-esteem and where that starts from. She talked with us about the five hours of the spirit of rejection and how to rid ourselves from the spirit of rejection using the five hours, taking responsibility, repenting, renouncing, removing that spirit by giving it over to the lord and then rejoicing she spoke with us about negative self-talk and how negative self-talks opens the door for the enemy to come in and infiltrate us with that spirit of rejection and low self-esteem she talked about us to us about the importance of loving ourselves first and foremost. And she spoke about how women need to be loved, not only by their husband or their mate, but by their entire village. She spoke so transparently tonight as she told her story for the very first time on a podcast episode. And for that, we are so grateful that she allowed the Lord to use her to share her story here on the Lotus Flower Podcast for the very first time. And for that, we are grateful. So we thank the Lord for having Apostle Dr. Bertha M. Jones join us tonight. We know that it wasn't by happenstance, but we know that it was divine. It was a divine appointment that God saw fit to have her here as our special guest. Be sure to reach out to Apostle Dr. Bertha M. Jones via her email at ziontemple 2 at gmail.com or via her Facebook page at Dr. Apostle Bertha M Jones. And be sure to pour into her ministry generously with your donations as she reaches across the seas to help pastors in third world countries as well as how she ministers not only here in kalamazoo but in baltimore maryland as well what a word what a word what a word from the woman of god thank god thank god and now i want to take a moment and have a word from our sponsors for the lotus flower podcast and i want you to know that if you are interested in being a sponsor for the lotus flower podcast we are available via email at emerginghope gmail.com where you can reach out to us and we will reach back out to you and let you know how you can purchase a ad on the podcast. When you purchase an ad on the podcast, your business or church will be seen by thousands of people throughout the United States and into other countries. So imagine how your revenue will increase, and imagine how many people will actually become aware of your church or of your business, imagine how you will be blessed tremendously by purchasing an ad on the Lotus Flower podcast. And now a word from our sponsors.
2: Be sure to contact Rock Dimensional Consulting, LLC, where Dr. Keitra L. Davenport-King is the proprietor and business consultant. Located in the beautiful Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area, her services are available nationwide online. The Rock Dimensional Consulting, LLC firm's mission is to build businesses on a solid foundation and equip leaders. RDC helps business leaders solve complex business problems, improve efficiency, empower teams, and implement long-term sustainable improvements. The hours of operation are 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You may contact Dr. Davenport King via phone at 940-227-1615. The website is at www.lifeafterag.org and email them at rockdimensionalconsulting@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Dr. Keitra Davenport King's business prides herself on the following motto, building businesses on a solid foundation. Are you looking for a friendly place to purchase your beauty supplies and hair supplies for the entire family? Well, you've found the right place. Cali Beauty Supply, located at 1614 West Main Street in Kalamazoo, Michigan. They offer outstanding customer service and believe deeply in giving back to their community. Mo El-Katabi is the owner. Customers can shop in the store or online. Curbside pickup is also available. They also have a full-service salon inside of the business called Stephanie Renee Salon. Be sure to To check them out as well, you may reach the store for your online purchases via their website at www.calibeauty.com. Their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The business prides itself with the following motto, where beauty gets done. Are you looking for unique, fun, fashionable clothing at a fraction of the cost? Then you've got to check out Jasmine's Fun Fashions. Jasmine's Fun Fashions is a locally owned mother-daughter consignment boutique located in the beautiful town of Morganton, North Carolina. They have over 14 years of consignment, fashion apparel purchase, and retail experience and pride themselves in providing excellent customer service as well as establishing long-lasting friendships with consigners and customers. Reach out and shop with them online via their website jazzybiz24.7 at gmail.com. However, if you're ever in the Morganton, North Carolina area, be sure to stop in the store, which is located at 304 Burke Mount Avenue in Morganton, North Carolina 28655. You may also call the store to inquire about merchandise at 828 828- five four four five one eight seven their hours of operation are monday through saturday 10 a.m to 6 p.m eastern standard time they serve their customers with the motto of excellent customer service and friendship
0: yes 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 praise god for our sponsors of the lotus flower podcast we are so grateful for them we also have a new a new sponsor that we are so proud to bring to you this evening. None other than our sponsor from the He Rings magazine. He Rings magazine, inspiring, impacting and reflecting. Founder, Tayo Adedede. Are you looking for an enjoyable magazine reading experience online and in print well search no more he reigns magazine produces a quarterly christian publication in the city of kalamazoo and throughout the world we have revamped our approach to advertising to include digital contexts. digital contacts has been the strategy of choice for marketers for more than a decade but don't worry he Reigns magazine not only are we online at this time we are yet in print as well i want you to know that you can reach out to he mains magazine online at www ranksmagaine.com The magazine is also available at several grocery store outlets and news outlets throughout Kalamazoo County And also the magazine once again is available throughout the web site at www. HerangSMagazine.com. Type that into your chat. Type it into your Google browser. And you will be directed to He Rangs Magazine. Please reach out to Ty day at 269-598-2778 to purchase magazines to subscribe to the magazine, or to purchase a business ad in the magazine. Once again, He rangs Magazine, inspiring, impacting, and reflecting on today's society. Thank you so much, sponsorers for supporting the Lotus Flower podcast. And if you are interested in purchasing a business ad, please do so by reaching out to EmergingHope at gmail.com.